1: with Justin Tinsley and the returning Bob Ryan. Good to have you back, Bob. Cowboys have been a steamroller this year at home, but Seattle is the first team with a winning record they've had to play at the star this year. Can those Dallas Thanksgiving leftovers stay fresh?
2: Come on, Tony. Don't jinx it. Come on now. You're still eating leftovers now. (laughs) Call the local authority. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Jack
1: Prescott's MVP candidacy, Deron Bland's record pick six run, the Cowboys as the calendar turns to December and the letdown that has been historically, but it's not December yet, unless this game goes really long, and Seattle's playoff contendership, the four things to watch for tonight, but that's not all. A discerning observer like yourself can order off-menu A number one plot point, you're tracking, if you like. But for starters, Tim Kalashaw in Dallas. What will it take for the Cowboys to continue this run they're on tonight versus Seattle and
3: stave off those ghosts of late-season traps and trips? You know, I think the schedule maker has already done it for the Cowboys, Tony. For a few years, the NFL made the Cowboys go on the road the Thursday night after Thanksgiving. I remember particularly freezing my tail off in Emily's beloved Chicago in a a tough Cowboys (laughs) loss there a few years back. But now they're letting them play at home. And they're averaging 41 points at home, and they rush the passer like nobody else at home, and that's bad for Geno Smith. And none of Geno Smith's receivers have caught passes for as many touchdowns as Deron Bland. Mm. So I don't see a lot of things that are really going to make me think Seattle's going to win the game, other than Pete Pete Carroll's a good coach, and they're they're a well-organized team, and they played well early in the year, but they didn't look good at all against Baltimore and San Francisco. I think Geno Smith's under pressure. I think it's another 20 points mm, for Dallas. X's
1: and O's and some witticisms from our favorite panelists sure. in Dallas. But historically, the shadow looming over this franchise is things begin to get more difficult the last month of the season. Is there anything this season that makes you think otherwise?
3: Well, yeah, after this week, it's Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. And that's when they're going to have to actually beat good teams, and it's something they haven't done yet. Well, you don't
1: put Seattle in that category, it sounds like. Emily Kaplan, I turn to you. Tony,
3: they're 6-5, but sometimes you're not what your record says you are.
1: Okay, I I hear you, Bill Parcells. Emily Kaplan, bring you into this conversation.
4: Yeah, it's the person who chooses in their adult life to freeze their butt off and kind of likes it sometimes. Uh, I want to talk about the Seattle Seahawks because I do think that this game is their season. They're still inexplicably in playoff position, but if they lose, they fall out, and it's hard to imagine them getting back in because their next two games are against the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Amongst their many problems, that leaky offensive line that has not given Geno Smith a lot of success, they fall behind in games. They went down 24-3 to against the 49ers on Thanksgiving. They just couldn't overcome that, and they're playing against a Dallas Cowboys team that has not trailed for a single second all season at home so I think it's a tall task for them I think their season's lost Justin we'll Tinsley more, to sure. you
1: now on what one plot point you're focusing on tonight
2: okay to the Dallas Cowboys I need you to understand these five words don't play with your food do, do not mm-hmm. look to your future schedule we know the headlines they're 5-0 and oh at home. Dak is completing 80% of his passes at home. The defense is playing out of control, but you cannot worry about the Philadelphia Eagles next week if you don't take care of business right now. Because if you beat the Seahawks tonight, and if San Francisco somehow beats Philly at home, then oh boy, next week's game against uh, Philadelphia means so much. You have to finish your breakfast, and I'm sorry for all the food analogies right now, but you said it's a week after Thanksgiving. Yeah. I do not need Dallas to slip into this starvation period in December because they're in the unenviable position as the Cowboys. If you beat bad teams, if you have a great regular season, it doesn't matter because you have to do it in the playoffs. It actually does matter because you can't make the playoffs if you if you don't have a good regular season. So this this game is a, of high importance tonight for Dallas, Won't and I hope they play
1: with that. your food says Tinsley, though we did see them play literally with the food in the Salvation Army bucket that had been sitting there for three hours. It's a tough eat for me. Bob Ryan, I'll go to you.
5: Okay, coming from the perspective of a steadfast neutral in this game, okay? Here's a game between <laughs> a team that is yesterday's news and has been since they forgot to give the ball to Marshawn Lynch and a team that is the perennial soap opera ongoing in the NFL and never changes. There's always – and this year the twist – to the, the plot with the little organ music playing in the background is this astonishing difference between home and road, okay? Why they are so dominant, historically dominant, dominant like the 51 Lakers playing in the armory, beating those NBA teams. They're totally <laughs> dominant. I have no explanation for this. <laughs> Meanwhile, the other guys are the biggest joke 6-5 team you can imagine, which puts light in a Parcells thing about you are what your record says you are, because when they play two quality games all year, you know what the score was in those two quality teams that they played? 68 on the, for the foe, that's F-O-E, and 16 for the foe, <laughs> that's them, F-A-U-X. That's who they are. And if they come within three touchdowns on <laughs> the Cowboys
1: tonight, they, it's a shock. They beat shock. Detroit as well earlier in the season. Um, wow, you guys, somebody's going to have to make the playoffs in the NFC. Six and six wouldn't eliminate Seattle tonight, but it really sounds like everybody thinks this is a different Cowboys Team and franchise. Tim, who you got tonight?
3: I got uh, Dallas 34-10. to Mm. Emily Kaplan.
4: Yeah, Cowboys, but a breakout game from Zach Charbonnet keeps the Seahawks close. Tinsley.
2: Don't disappoint me, Dallas. Don't. Bob Ryan.
5: It depends on how many... Touchdown passes, they throw to Bland. Yeah. Range, I guess we could also lay another
1: I, line. Over <laughs> under one, yeah. pick six for Bland. Really, yeah. when you think about it, that's as impressive as a record as you can set in the modern NFL. Yeah, that's incredible. That's not even getting the benefit of extra games. He set the record in 11 games already. Yeah, hey. yeah. All right, everybody's got the yeah. Cowboys. We'll move on. Sports Illustrated. Sports Person of the Year. Any guesses? <laughs> it's right there in front of you, people. Let's go. The Sanders. There was a time in September, 3 O, rating avodanza. Every press conference was cinematic where Deion seemed to take over sports. But after the collapse they had, has any coach ever lost 8 of 9 and won any award, let alone sports first of the year? SI has its own unique set of specifications and set of skills to determining this, Justin. Do you agree with SI's pick of Deion Sanders?
2: From a cultural perspective and a conversation perspective, yeah, it makes sense. But sports person, when you win your first three games, those first three games were amazing. But like like you said, losing eight of your last nine, I just don't see it. I would have preferred to seeing someone like Angel Reese or Caitlin Clark, two ladies who elevated the stature and conversation and hysteria around their sports. And oh, yeah, they actually won at a very high clip. Now, Dion. Now, what I actually think he is, I don't think he's the sports person of the year, but, but he's damn sure the trending topic of the year.
1: Emily Kaplan on SI's pick of Dion for sports person of the year.
4: Yeah, someone who worked at Sports Illustrated in what I consider some of the last good old days before that weird transition to the dichotomy that they're at now, I got some insight in the process. And it's just about as much as what you do on the field as what you do in community and culture. And to that point, Dion is deserving. Applications for black students are up 80% at Colorado. That's incredible. But to act like he's the only man that's ever turned around a football program is incredible. Like, David Braun won seven games at Northwestern after a crippling, hazing allegation. So I just think there's so many more people deserving this year. Lionel Messi. Jokic. You can make a case for Mahomes, Shohei and Tani. There's plenty of other people that we could have gone So with that's
1: here. a no from you as well for Dion for Sports Person of the Year, all right? Tib Callishaw, you want to
3: wade in here? You know, I, I don't know if you can explain to young people what Sports Illustrated one time meant to those of us who read it in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, and not just Frank DeFord and Dan Jenkins, but great Kenny Moore writing about track and field or Mark Cram and Pat Putnam writing about boxing. They were just tremendous writers and it meant something every week and that's that's long gone this pick is more like excuse me what the modern day sports illustrated i'm afraid i'm sorry to say has become it's just this is kind of a joke he was the sports person of three weeks in september when we didn't realize tcu and colorado state weren't very good they're one and eight since then so really it's it's more of the sports person of the year the way the kardashians are the family of the year Wow. And Bob Ryan, uh, I believe you you wrote
1: one cover piece I remember very clearly. That may be your only one for Sports Illustrated, but I remember you writing Bird and Magic in the early 90s um, on this award, Sports Person of the Year, and Deion Sanders getting it this year.
5: Well, you're right. I wrote that one piece, and I then chose to rest on my laurels. No, that's that not true. They never <laughs> <asking that. laughs> I don't know. I
1: remember yeah. that one, though. Yeah. There
5: are... There Four, five letters missing from the, uh, the the title here that would explain this. Those letters are A L I T Y, which which added to P E R S O N tells you what this is all about. It, this is—he's the sports personality of the year. He could just as well be the People Magazine person of the year. In the old days, it was sportsman of the year. This would totally eliminate him. I'm sorry, Emily. Totally eliminate him. He is far from a sportsman, and and he's in fact he's the polar opposite the way he goes about that program. So, uh, it, but he is the the, the most compelling personality of the year 2023 in American sport. He had me in July circling my calendar on the 2nd of September to watch Colorado open the season. And I mean, that's what he has done. That's why he got it. And, uh, and, and that's that.
1: Tim, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were speaking about how disappointed you are and were with what has become of Sports Illustrated. And that's not against any of the humans of Sports Illustrated. But I read to you, From the story of the past week and the A.I. S.I. disaster, the humans of S.I. saying they were horrified, A.I. content was surreptitiously used, and they should be, we all should be. Sports Illustrated was about two things, writing and the photos. If the writing is artificial and the images are artificial, then what you have is nothing.
0: Around the Horn is presented by Bullet Frontier Whiskey.
6: What's up, kiddos? I'm Clinton Yates of Around the Horn. Whenever I go to cover games or attend events in Los Angeles, I'm always keeping my eye out for the best-dressed person in the room. I saw Diego Luna at the Andor Red Carpet launch event, Star Wars, folks, and he looked head of state fresh. Now you can also be that person, too, whether you're sitting courtside, attending a fancy dinner, or going to a wedding. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks for way, way less. They start at just $4.99. With Indochino, you can design the suit of your dreams and fine-tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, etc. A tailored fit from home. Set up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without even leaving the house. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code HORN to get 10% off any purchase of 399 dollars or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code HORN.
0: Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Seaport,
6: brought to you by Chase.
1: Jalen Sugg's Cole Anthony had a Wade LeBron moment last night. Check it out from both angles. We're not doing an are they for real story just because someone scored 139 in the Wizards. That would be an every night thing. <laughs> We're doing an are they real story because the Orlando Magic are 13-5 and five with eight straight wins. Bob, a question I've been waiting to ask you. Do you believe in Magic?
5: <laughs> do you believe in? There the you team? go! I, I knew Sebastian. you'd be there for me. <laughs> this is this is the John Sebastian team. Yes, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I do believe in them to be a real pain in the butt team. Even teams propped all year, they're not a championship contender, but they're a playoff team on the move. I believe with. Talented young players, and when I came away watching them kick the Celtics' butt, I said, that's a team I could root for. If I'm a Orlando fan, I got a, I got a growth stock here. All right. With the Wagner brothers, with Boncaro, who's going to be an all-pro within a two-year period. Uh, he's going to be on the perennial top ten player. You've got Anthony. You've got Jalen Suggs, who's Drew Holiday on training wheels. All right, all right. We, we've got a
1: whole show to get to. you love these magic, the pain in the butt of the standings, not exactly contender, Justin
2: Tinsley. Do you believe in magic? Absolutely. And here's why, if you go back to last season, they started to turn it around the second half of last season. So what they're doing right now, it really isn't all that surprising. And their calling card is defense. They are dogs. They get after it. They've beaten Boston and Milwaukee and so on and so forth. Now, here's the thing. I expect them to still be within the playoff hunt, the top six teams at, the, at, at about the time of the trading deadline. So don't be surprised if they're actual players at the trade deadline to get shooting, which they actually need. But this team is for real, not a championship contender yet, but this is definitely a playoff worthy team. Kevin
1: Kaplan, you believe in magic?
4: Yeah, I believe that my score looks like I'm the Washington Wizards the Chicago Bulls right now. Um, look, one of the biggest <laughs> indicators in the modern NBA for success uh, is three-point shooting, and I think it's incredible that they haven't shot particularly well from three. They're finding other ways to win. I think they will make the playoffs. I have a hard time believing that they're going to go on a long run with 11 players on the roster with three years of less of experience, so this is just a start for them, and it's really exciting. And Tim
3: Kalisha on these magicians. Try, trying to pick through the scraps Bob left for me here. Anthony Black, their first-round pick from Arkansas, from Coppell, Texas. Thank you very much. Fine player. And Jamal Mosley was a really good defensive coach for the Mavericks before he got this opportunity with Orlando. It's not surprising he has that team playing very hard at that end of the floor. So
1: that's playoff team? Everybody's got them as a playoff team? A top-six playoff, playoff team? Yeah. Does everybody have them as a top-six <laughs> playoff team? tinsley look it
3: i'm not gonna go top six now i'm gonna go top six yet they're gonna play their way in. fire cell two
1: clippers at golden state tonight both come in under 500 scuffling golden state flat out struggling tim which team is in more trouble right now
3: even though i don't really like the way the clippers are constructed with these four one-time superstars trying to see who, who can still turn back the clock night after night. I think they're in better shape than Golden State. Golden State, I see Steph Curry falling to the floor there. What, they're one Steph Curry injury away <laughs> from being completely irrelevant, mm-hmm. given how some of their other players have dropped off. He's still great, and, and he can be great, but he's not gonna play any two games, and I just wonder how many he's gonna miss and what it will cost. Bob, who's in more trouble?
5: I, mean, I think it's the Warriors. Uh, I, I, I agree with Tim's assessment of the Clippers, and they'll find a way to, you know, to win. they're not championship Kendrick either, but the Warriors, the, the, the end is, is near. The end is coming. Thompson is not going to get better, that's for sure. Draymond Green, his skills are diminished too, by the way, in the midst of all this talk about his behavior. And, and, uh, uh, and now there's even some, uh, this is hard to believe, but some criticism of how Kerr's handling the roster. So uh, it, mm. things aren't good there. They're not good at all.
2: Oh, Finsley, who's in more trouble? I'm actually going with the Clippers because you know what? At least the Warriors maximize their potential. The the Clippers' four best players are all free agents next summer, and guess what happens next year? The Clippers open a new arena. The the last thing you want to do is go into a new arena with nothing in the with nothing in the Raptors and nothing to show for it on your roster too.
1: Grand opening, grand closing. Emily yep. Kaplan.
4: Uh, Yeah, it's the Warriors for me as long as Steph maintains that he wants to end his career with Klay Thompson and Draymond Green because in this current iteration, they're not walking into any arena and imposing any fear on anybody. They don't, they're not scary. Meanwhile, the Clippers, you have three to four future Hall of Famers that haven't reached their potential yet as a group. Their ceiling is much higher to me.
1: Buyers sell three, Nebraska coach Matt Rule on college quarterbacks and the transfer portal.
6: M- Make no mistake that a, a good quarterback in the portal costs, you know, a million to a million five to two million dollars right now. We just kind of believe in doing things like the old school way, the hard way, building. Emily, yourself.
4: Uh Cell, this is really rich for a man that has a 74 million dollar contract that plays at a school that has a 450 million dollar stadium project. Like, one to two million dollars, that's an accounting error. That seems like a bargain for a guy that can lift your program for one to two years. In Galicia.
3: I agree with Emily there, he got a $30 million buyout when he left Carolina and he's grousing over the money it cost to get a quarterback. I think he's looking for sympathy for the fact that nobody really, not a lot of players really are dying to go play for Matt Rule in Nebraska. Bob Ryan?
5: I would have thought that Nebraska would have had a sufficient amount of donors to ante up what they need. It is still the the, the one biggest athletic establishment in the state. They don't have a professional major league team in the state. They're they're, they're Nebraska. They've won national championships. Uh, There's this uh, legacy there. Uh, And he's basically looking for sympathy before we even get started here about, oh, you know, I couldn't afford to pay these guys. I don't want to hear that.
2: Here's a new rule for Matt Rule adapt or be referred to in the past tense because hate it or love it this is the future this is the present and future of college football and college sports and surprise surprise you're going to need a good quarterback to be successful in football
1: when you hear these numbers every transfer portal quarterbacks one or two or three million do you believe those numbers are those numbers legitimate are they put out the scare i think some
3: of those are inflated a little bit certainly the six million
1: dollars you can get a guy and then It doesn't work out and he leaves your school again. I mean, that's what's happening in Nebraska right now. Thank you, Tim Kalish, Emily Kaplan. You ran into a Tinsley Ryan buzzsaw today. That'll be our showdown next. Justin Bruce Bob.
0: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: Around the Horn is presented by Bullet Frontier Whiskey. Please trip responsibly. Part of happy hour. And in part by the Subaru Share the Love event. Now through January 2nd. Earlier it was, do you believe in magic? Now it's, do you believe in pelican? New Orleans, Woods 44, Philly 114. Philly didn't have Embiid. Zion went 33-8, 6-3 on 11 of 12 shooting. Justin, are you willing to say
2: Zion the All-Star is back? Absolutely. Zion the All-Star is back because he has an MVP-level talent. If he's on the floor, great things happen, but he just has to stay on the floor. Aubryon?
5: He is truly unique. He is a force of nature. This is the fantasy come to life. And the fact is that he looked at last night as if we were back in high school trashing some poor kids from North Carolina. That's how good he is, and uh, we, we should appreciate him. Okay,
1: so he was an all-star and he, when he was in his first year, the fourth youngest all-star ever. He's going to be an all-star again. That's what I'm hearing from both of you guys. All right. Yep. Yes. Why did I even ask? We'll move on. Showdown to Andre Dawson, Baseball Hall of Fame. On his plaque, he's wearing an Expos hat. He says he wants to change it to a Cubs hat. He says when he was inducted, he never got to choose. They just told him he was going to be wearing an Expos hat. Bob, should Dawson be allowed to change his hat on his plaque from Expos to Cubs?
5: Andre, it's a far, far greater thing you do to honor the memory of the Montreal Expos, all right? This is your honor to do that. They should be in existence. You're the greatest player in their history. You should have a Montreal hat.
2: I, I don't know, Bob. He put himself in the Hall of Fame with his play on the field. He should get to choose which hat he, he's going to be immortalized in. Mm-hmm.
1: Bob, I hear what you're saying. Absolutely. The Expos need to be remembered. They should never be gone. But Dawson should be the one who's allowed to choose. We'll move on. Showdown three. Lionel Messi. World Cup kits are up for auction, six of them, the ones he wore in the semifinal and final matches including. There's a bid right now and it's expected to set a record. The jersey for records right now is over $10 million for MJ's 1998 NBA Finals jersey. Second all-time was Maradona's 1986 Hand of God jersey. Justin, should Messi's World Cup jerseys go above Jordan and
2: Maradona? Absolutely, because we're talking this level of icon in their
5: sports, and it's a better deal. You get six jerseys instead of one. Mm -hmm. Bob Ryan, Uh, Jordan's great play, of course, was a flop. Everybody should know that. And Maradona's, Uh, of course, was a maybe, maybe not. not That's the whole point of it. (laughs) So absolutely, Messi should be number one. Hmm.
1: Part of that money in the auction will be going to charity, and
2: Tinsley will be going to showdown and FaceTime. So tonight, Angel Reese, the star LSU forward, she makes her return to the court after a four-game absence, and I implore everybody, this may be a personal matter, so, so we may never find and find out what the reason for her absence was, and I'm okay with that, and I'm okay with the journalists asking questions, but what I'm most okay with, that a star is back, and I can't wait to see her in action. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you for that, Justin Tinsley. Got a 23-and-a-half-hour break, we'll see you tomorrow.